0: And as you mature in this business, you understand that that is really what you're
1: here for. From RevThink, you're listening to the RevThinking Podcast, a conversation between creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. I'm Joel Pilger. Today is our first annual Promax BDA Roundtable podcast, where Tim Thompson and I have a candid conversation with five amazing guests, namely Alberto Sirocco, Josh Norton, PJ Richardson, Lori Zlotnick, and Patalia Tate.
2: Welcome to Rev Thinking. RevThink leverages years of experience and practical wisdom to help owners of top creative studios. So you don't have to choose between following your passion and running your business. Now, here is your host, Joel Pilger.
1: Hey, it's Joel. Welcome back to the podcast. We took a break for part of the summer here. Sorry, we were a wall, but RevThink and the team were back with another podcast and getting back on track as we head into the fall. Now, back in June, we had a really exciting opportunity because the Promax BDA conference every year, it's its like a family reunion. And I love going back there to see all of my friends. These are former clients, former colleagues, uh, former employees. And it's just a great opportunity to see all of the people in the entertainment marketing industry. Well, as we were out there, of course, uh, Team Rev think we were out there in force as well, working alongside a lot of our clients. Well, Tim and I had this idea. We said, wouldn't it be really great to take advantage of this opportunity of everyone being in one place at one time and grab a bunch of folks and do a roundtable podcast with our clients. So these are owners of some of the top, agencies and studios and production companies. So we grabbed Alberto Sirocco. He's a principal at Left Channel. Josh Norton, who is the principal at Big Star and PJ Richardson, who is a principal at Laundry. Now, these guys represent sort of the center of the country, the New York market and the LA perspective. But then just to mix it up a bit, we also invited some people from the client side to give us a contrasting perspective. We brought in Lori Zlotnick. So Lori is a former TV executive who was most recently at NFL Network, Outdoor Network, Fox, and even Bravo. But then at the last minute, I bumped into one of my former clients and now friend, Patalia Tate. Patalia is a vice president of marketing and creative strategy at Scripps Networks Interactive. And Patalia was nice enough to accept my invitation to join in the roundtable as well. What ensues is a really candid and fascinating conversation from both the client and the agency perspective. I know you're gonna love it. It's a really unexpected and unusual opportunity to hear all of these people address these various topics all in one place at one time. Now, a couple quick announcements. Think is going to be coming back to Los Angeles for another Promax BDA Creative Entrepreneurs Conference. So this is a one-day conference. Think of it like a workshop. We're going to be doing one again at Terranea at the end of October, and our topic is going to be profit. I mean, who doesn't want to talk about profits? What are they? how do we get more of them, and so forth. So it's going to be a really great event. We look forward to seeing you guys. The date for that event is Friday the 27th, so be sure to put that on your calendar. And stay tuned. We've got other conferences and things coming up where Tim and I and our team, we will be out there in Los Angeles, New York, potentially Europe. So we look forward to seeing you guys. You can stay tuned with the RevThinking mailing list or our Facebook group. And of course, uh, if you're involved in one of our ongoing programs, you will receive regular updates. Okay, let's move on to the podcast with our guests at our first annual Promax BDA Roundtable. Enjoy. So great to be with you all. This is an experiment here at Promax. We're calling this our first annual, first annual roundtable. And I just want to give each of you an opportunity to introduce yourself. So I'll first
3: start with you, Alberto. Hello. Um, tell us tell us who you are. Alberto Scirocco, I'm a designer at heart. I run a motion design studio called Love Channel. Uh, and I'm meeting here. We've been talking about just getting a few folks together with some uh, egos and opinions <laughs> around the table just to see how uh, might ignite some conversation. So yeah, excited to be here just to See how things will roll out. All right, Josh, your go. Uh, hey, I'm Josh, um, founder of Big Star
0: in New York. We do a lot of work for entertainment marketing. Happy to be here. It's good to see familiar faces and hang out with you all and kind of, you know, get the conversation
1: started. It's really interesting. Yeah. And our L- our LA representative. Yeah, PJ PJ Richardson.
4: Uh, PJ Richardson from Laundry, uh, executive career dress and co-founder, designer at heart. Yeah, I thought that's a good uh, yeah, that's a nice little little way to explain. <laughs> it. That's, that's exactly that's it. And uh, uh, meeting a ton of new people here with the exception of the Think guys, but what uh, awesome to chat and, and looking forward to, to diving into some
1: cool topics. And from sort of our client representatives, I, I, we're calling it, we have, Laurie, you want to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. I'm Laurie Zlotnick, and I am the CMO and brand architect at Zequity Marketing. And I spent the first part of my, the majority of my career um, building brands and launching brands on the inside, on the client side for major media, entertainment, sports, and um, counterculture lifestyle brands.
1: And who were some of those brands? Just give us a quick list.
2: Um, some of those brands included um, Disney Channel, Bravo, NFL Network, um, Fuel TV, Fox Reality Channel.
1: Fantastic. And Patalia, one of my old clients I worked <laughs> and, uh, with back in the day when I was running my agency. So well, yeah, intri- yeah yes. please int- introduce yourself.
5: Hi everybody. I'm Patalia Tate. I'm currently am mm-hmm. a VP of Marketing and Creative strategy for Scripps Networks. Um, positioning the brand to the our community marketplace. My background includes a lot of brand building and creative strategies for brands like A&E, History Channel, Food Network, launching uh, Cooking Channel, and the uh, uh, relaunch of Travel Channel when it became part of Scripps. So a lot of brand building background, creative strategy back, background, positioning brands, positioning that.
6: My name is Tim Thompson. I am the founder of RefThink. We're the industry's uh, leading consultancy in helping creative entrepreneurs. Um, and I'm excited to be here because this is a, kind of a dream come true to kind of hear both sides of a conversation. I feel like I I try to come alongside as many uh, creative people as I can. And I'd love to hear the insights that would come out of a conversation like this. So yeah. thanks for pulling us together.
1: I think my, where I want to start is I, know that there are a lot of optimists in, among us here and i find that a very peculiar attribute and i'm curious have you always been optimistic people or is that something that you've learned and had to grow into and become always been always oh, been
3: yeah
1: and was this uh from your earliest days even before you were designing or creating i think in
3: a sense more so earlier.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so naive uh, and optimistic. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I, I, think I, I think I was born into a world of opportunity, and then the world kind of beats some of that out of you. Oh, with right. But yeah, I just I don't know. I always saw, I always saw that the table was laden. You know, that's always how life always felt to me. I always saw beauty and chance around me. So we did this exercise where
6: you pretend to have a box and you give the box to the person and the person has to open the box and they say, what's in the box?
1: Mm, teddy bear.
6: Yep. And then we pass it around the room and every time someone opened the box, there was always something in the box, like the imagination works. But when you give a creative entrepreneur that problem, they're always afraid, like, yeah, but what if it runs out, but you can, you can start trusting, especially years and years and years later, like, look, there's always something in the box It will always be there. There'll always be something to produce. So trying to get over that fear and start to you know involve and invest into something else.
0: And so when you open that box and it's a
6: surprise, it's not the right kind of surprise. Sometimes it's not the best thing. Bingo. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's something. There's always something. And so it's yeah. really a, is there something else that you can trust? Because I know it's not always gratifying, right? But the thought is is that beyond just being the creative that you are, which requires one kind of mind, you're also a business owner, and that. If the creative and the business is what you put together to make your career. It's the thing you're going to retire with, is the com- combination of both. Mm-hmm. So how do you listen to one and trust the other?
4: Well, it's, sometimes it's not... You, you, What you want is not what it needs. Like, I mean, you could want to make a, a character animation or whatever it
6: is, but if the audience is not in need that or not going to improve upon what... It, so I have this... Phenomenon that the television that I fell in love with that I want to be involved with was gone before I even got started in the industry Right, and you've told me that you saw the seven title sequence and inspired you to to get into the industry yet By the time you got in Titles weren't that well that age was was almost over. Yeah you know, the Seven title sequence was like a
0: trigger for me literally watching it as a sophomore in high school my buddy Tim Nugent sitting next to me. And, I, and it started playing, and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do with my life. Like, and, I, and I was like, okay, so it's mixing film and graphic design and you know editorial and music and sound effects and all of that stuff making this beautiful mess out of it. And by the time I was graduating from college and I made it to New York and I started working with stuff, like real stuff, you know, David Carson was no longer a superstar, and that kind of feeling of, like, let's make a beautiful mess was kind of gone. Mm-hmm. But there was something else there in, yeah. that, in that box, in your proverbial box. Yeah. There was something else there. It's hilarious. Those are the exact two people
4: that are, oh. or pieces that I had right. explained to my managing director the other day as to why I got into motion yeah. graphics. Literally, those An entire generation has, has the, has the David same David
3: Carson Wars. and the seven titles goes, Yeah. Because yeah. you're own a world, and there is no love. Do you remember that sequence? Yeah. You guys ever see that? Mm-hmm. So, Underworld, as you know, in their incarnation of design firm, they were just, you know, this great inspiration of like, this is what can be, you know? And then Carson just came right after that, on yeah. the tail of that, just like purely, you know, let's just tear it all apart. And it was just a world of potential, right? And I think we just got into the business with a sense of like bounty, right? There's a potential, there's a chance of like, just go out and explore. And I think the business thing just kind of falls on you, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not what you signed up for. You signed up for the creative. You come in as a designer, yeah. and then you're just driving a bus. and now you're But they don't the prepare
2: driver. people for creative people to be in business, to no. be in the business yeah. of business. Uh, and creative is a business. Yeah. And I don't think that they effectively prepare creative executives either. Well, I shouldn't even call them executives. I mean, it's like they do not they don't prepare creative minds... To interface well with corporate executives on a level where it just flows naturally and organically. And to run a business, it's a business, but like you were saying this afternoon, there's two sides to that brain, and unless you can flip back and forth, mm-hmm. it be, it feels very awkward and yeah. unnatural.
4: Right. It's only when you become a business owner that you realize how little you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you, you like you were like, oh, I thought I knew it all as a creative, and then you, you have these conversations with clients where you're like, oh, just because I want to do that it doesn't mean it makes any sense right. whatsoever for this entire brand like it's this is just a small part
5: of it and it's but but isn't creativity just the basic idea of it is solving a problem right so Mm -hmm. is it is it maybe that creatives don't haven't really thought of it as problem solving so if you're if you're sort of in this executive to your point about not understanding Mm -hmm. how to connect with executives because they they look to creatives like i have this project or this problem to solve with this strategy how can we creatively solve it is that is creatives not pivoting to that idea
6: yeah but the or solution does that make
5: sense or it does. Well, the, the solution business,
6: is subjective that's the thing right. it, and okay. what the reason the reason why i even started doing what i do is that i was responding to the in an industry that the business owners
1: mm-hmm.
6: were not creatives and they were actually running things and creating, almost just solving problems. And the creative was being pushed back. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, especially in imaginary forces, learning creative has to win. And you're supposed to react to the creative mind. But the creative mind is starting with a blank piece of paper. Like yeah. there's nothing repeat that like you have to open the box and every time you have to open that box and hope there's something in there. And then you pull something out, Whew. but you don't know what it was until you discover right. it,
5: but is in the box, the. The problem to solve? I mean it's kind of how you're looking
0: at it. Well, I think creative
5: people
2: have to train their clients too. Yeah.
5: I mean and I I I I agree with that because the creatives are sort of helping the client see how to solve the problem. I think it's with the creative energy that they bring to it. So they're looking for that expertise. Like how like they and you're right, they have this sort of I have a problem, blah, 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 blah. If they could pivot to how creatives can be problem solvers, and if creatives can pivot into how they can have the mindset that creative is also strategy, how do we both sort of that's a
0: That's a very well-developed sense of creative professionalism is what you're describing, and I think that I could probably say all three of us started off as artists. Right. And artists... um don't solve other people's problems, they ask questions, they express themselves. So when you come from that culture and that state of mind where you're creating work to challenge the status quo, to express yourself, and then you're put into a profession or you go after being in a profession where you need to use that same energy to solve other people's problems exactly. there's a big bridge to cross there right. mm-hmm. and I think that's the difference between and because I grew up in a family of artists and I'm around artists in my life that's just how it's been for me you know and I, I admire artists um, the life of expressing themselves mm-hmm. and then on the other side I'm a creative professional so I solve other people's problems mm-hmm. with my artistic energy and that's I think a clear difference between what an artist is mm-hmm.
1: and what a creative professional is. Well, I would That's also so add excellent a, point. Yeah. a dimension to what you were saying, Patalia, about yes, we're solving a creative problem, but there's also another dimension which is not necessarily your problem, which is you're running a business too. Yeah, mm-hmm. So there's actually two problems. Mm-hmm. So if you hire me and I'm you're my client, and we're doing a project together. Yes, I'm trying to solve your creative problem, but I'm also at the same time trying to solve a business problem that is really not your issue. Mm -hmm. My business problem is I have to find the right talent and have the right resources and, you know, obviously maintain all these things. It's the classic, I've got to make payroll next week.
6: Yeah, you're pulling that thing out of the box. The thing you pull out of the box has to solve your client's problems. Right the client's issues, your strategy that they're trying to accomplish, exactly. your own personal finance issues, your employee's payroll, you know the your landlord's rent, that one box, when you open up that thing to pull out, has to be worth that much. Right. And to make it worse, this is a very competitive environment. There are a lot of people that, if you don't wanna solve that problem, someone's right there to snatch it right away from you. So you don't even give it a second, third chance. You have to pitch against others, right? right? To pull it out of the box and then be you know, not accepted to the game even sometimes is very hurtful. I would just say one thing really quickly, which is I don't like to call these situations
5: problems.
0: Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think that's the I wrong, wrong word. I think it's wrong word. I think there's negative that's connotation to that. I think it's it's finding ways to communicate, you know, messaging and express emotion and create something amazing. And, you, like, that's the way we try to approach right. it. The minute we say, hey, we have to solve this problem, it sounds wrong. Mm-hmm. It sounds like some a, a, a task to do. Um, And we don't like to look at our work that way. Um, And also you had mentioned in the beginning of the conversation, like this idea of losing a pitch. I've never lost a pitch. I haven't won a lot of them. (laughs) 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 That's awesome. We don't lose pitches. It's not like that. You know, it's like, yeah, we didn't win it, but we did our best work in the space that we could for the project. And sometimes
2: it is the best work, and I just want you to know that. Yeah, no, Lori, <laughs> <not. laughs> I, I, I,
6: Laurie,
2: I agree
4: that with you. I, I, I will tell
2: you that sometimes it is the best work, and it comes down to politics. And, you know, for me, I'm a unique profile. I sat in on the client side, and I ran both creative and strategy. So, you know, in managing creative folks and managing, you know, marketing executives, are very, very different beings, and, and, and how you have to feed and... and and nurture those those personalities and, and souls is very, very different. Yeah. And um, and yeah. I will tell you, politics sometimes rules out, and sometimes the worst work is what trumps and prevails because somebody so. somewhere well, says, we want oh. it to look like everything else, and you're trying desperately as an internal client to not look like everybody else, to not homogenize everything, to break through the clutter. And um, so I would even say that, you know, from the client side, and I've had the perspective of being on both sides, but from the client side, there's a lot of challenges and issues to be managed, and it's not always about the work. So it's about the strategy, and if somebody's work, like you were saying, is subjective, and they like it better because it reminds them of something in their childhood or whatever yeah. It just you know you, you sometimes have to fold so let me
6: uh, let me say change the topic just slightly but in response to Josh not what you said but how you said it there does seem to be a point in experience where as you're dealing with the challenges of a daily on a daily basis that eventually you become positive about it you start Becoming optimistic, and you recognize things as not issues but opportunities, or you're actually there's something that allows you to strive for something better, and then you know that you've put the hours in that you actually can achieve it.
5: Yeah, right. Actually, I, I was going to make that point. I, I, when problem solving doesn't have to feel like a negative, because you're solving something, giving a client a way to, because quite frankly, it is. We need to grow an audience, okay, that's a problem we need to solve. Give us a great idea of how we do that. We, we need to, we've got competitors who are taking away and we're not differentiated enough. How do we solve that problem creatively? So you're coming, the solve is a positive, but they're always going to come with this is something that we're not doing. Right. Help us creatively figure that out.
0: Subjective, using your subjective.
5: whatever but, but there it, it is subjective but there are
0: sorry objective. but there
5: are core things that they need to yes. to to at least get over this hump to be able to grow their business everybody's in, yeah. The, yeah, the, minute, in the market of growing a business so I, I they're using the minute, your creativity yeah. to help them figure out, that out I think the minute so, we
4: stop Solving the problem, yeah. we're, we're no longer the expert, and then it's it, it, And then it's it noisy. it is
5: subjective. Right. It is created for there's there's no purpose to the creativity. Right. So it's creativity with a purpose. So it's yeah. either creativity because you think it's good, but it didn't solve something for what 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 the brief was there. So why like, look that. at our
0: work as being all that subjective. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, think, I, I think mean, there's an I, element I, I, to that but right. I think that it's as you described uh, it's, what crea- it's purposeful it's, it's, creativity it's purposeful yeah. there's objectives that need to be reached and you need to check those boxes and as you mature in this business you understand that that is really what you're here for yeah. the primary thing and we the semantics aside yeah it's problem solving but you know we're, we're romantic optimists all three okay. of us I can definitely say that yeah. and you have to be in order to run a boutique creative shop. Like you have to be an optimist and you have to, you know, kind of love what you do. Um, But yeah, you gotta, you gotta service.
6: But one day you recognize that's what you are actually doing for a living, right? You stop almost fighting the idea that you hope someday that you'll achieve this goal, but you realize, no, this is is my career. Well, when you're really
0: good, you can detach your ego and still bring passion to it,
2: Absolutely. to other okay. people's problems, but, right. and that's
0: again the separation between the artist and the professional creator. But that's
2: the exciting part about the business, right? It, it, well, it's, it's interesting. We see millions of people see our work. That's exciting. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, and we have all these great tools, and in the right circumstances, we have excellent partners. And we can I mean, create a lot little... of beautiful noise. Let's so yeah. like
4: kid ourselves. It's like it's like thrill seeking a bit. Like it's yeah, you know you you, yeah. you yeah. drive the dirt bike off the jump and sometimes yeah. you land it and sometimes <laughs> you don't. <laughs> it. that uh, that's right. right. It, it is. It's every part of it from pitching to. It, I, I'll admit, I, even when you lose, like it's fun. It's good run. the dice. Yeah. So uh,
6: PJ, how many years you've been? how many have you owned laundry? Oh, 11? Laundry, Josh. Uh, it's been 14. No. 14? Wow. I 15 years with Left Channel? That's right. Right. Um, Patalia how many years have you have been in the industry, but at Scripps? Or? Uh,
5: so before Scripps, I was with a and history, part of launching those brands. So yeah. I've been on the side where building a brand position, building a brand identity, giving a brand So you've been working with position. these
6: guys for, for those 30 years,
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
5: yeah. So and then, Lori, how about different. you?
6: How many?
2: Gosh, I mean, in media, on the client side, I've been on the client side since the early 90s. Yeah, yeah
6: right.
2: Mid-90s. Yeah. So think say. about
6: think about who you were at five years into the industry. Uh-huh. And okay. what would you tell yourself, now that you know what you know, what would you tell yourself, your five-year-old self in this industry, now? What would you wish you knew then, or what advice would you give them?
4: That's a good question. I, I just nailed it on the head. I, I thought of myself as an artist for, like, the first... 10 years of my career and not like a creative, uh, professional. professional term, so yeah. yeah. It, you know, I think, you, I think when you do it for yourself and think that doing it for yourself is what's going to solve people's problems, you, you're
6: in over your head, in over your head. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't um, even want to talk to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think I remember that guy,
0: I kind of like, I, I, I like the, the route that I've taken and I think all of those lessons yeah. and bumps in the roads and, and yeah. it's been totally necessary. So I, I don't know that I would look back and say anything, but. Um, yeah, but so
6: someone right now is only five years in the industry and they're listening to this podcast. Okay. What would you tell them? My was?
0: line that I usually use is like if you want to grow a business, the people that you want as your clients, they don't just want you to be a good designer, they also want you to be a good person. Like, be a good person. Be a, you know, somebody that they would trust babysitting their children. Yeah, Seriously. very cool. They're, the stakes on the other side of the table are very high. People will protect themselves and their careers, and you have to be trustworthy. It's number one. That's cool. Um, so be great. There's a lot of great people, but, you know, you can't trust everybody. So make sure that you're trustworthy and do what you say. And if you do that long, enough, that's going to work
3: out. How about you, Alberto? You know, I don't know, because I think I would have some advice from a business standpoint. I think from a design standpoint, there was being a very organic growth. I got into the business at a time where the business wasn't, wasn't even really a business. Uh, it was just a world of opportunity, and it was an opportunity to explore a new medium. And that's what got me into it, right? I didn't really care about the business aspect of it. I just wanted to do great work. I mean, that's what drove me into design was the fact that I had a feel for something that I knew I could do well. And this was a place of most potential at the time. It was really the new frontier. I could do that better than most, mm-hmm. right? And I could see, I saw the potential of what this thing could be. I saw what was out there and I thought, well, what's out there is just nothing. It's just a tip of the earth. There's so much more that we can do with this, right? And I wanted to do that right you're talking about creative problems this is not creative problems there's no such thing as a creative problem there's only creative opportunities for us you know it's like it's like you see somebody there are
6: marketing problems with creative
5: solutions yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's easy yeah Yeah. 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 exactly I would even say there are issues to be managed so you're coming up with a creative solution for us a creative story that helps
3: it's just think about yourself Mm -hmm. communicating right you don't sit and think, how am I going to express this next sentence, right? It just naturally expresses the next sentence, right? It's just natural for you. This is our language. We, this is how we speak. So for us, it's natural. The solve is a natural part. Uh-huh. It's all the other aspects of it that we battle with, right? It's like keeping people happy in the studio, keeping, uh-huh. you know, just keeping all the, the, the economy and the, the balance of, the, of the, the business aspects of it. That's the stuff that you have to contend with, and it takes thinking. But mm-hmm. the design—that's that's, that's easy part. That's our language. So uh-huh. we got into it because we were, I think, excited. But you say you talked about seven. I'm talking about you know underworld and seven yeah. and everything else. It's like oh, tomato attic Right, right, right. Yeah. Made, I mean, it's just there's this opportunity, right? Just I want to be in it because I want to make uh-huh. it great. Uh-huh. And then you know that you're in it for a long time. The business change, and and today it's you know the business is kind of. Going through this transition, when in many ways people are just looking at it, and, and and I, you know, I I don't want to be disruptive by saying that, but in some ways people look at it with the wrong attitude. It's like, oh, what's what's out there that I should also be doing, mm-hmm. right? All this idea of trends, and then everybody investing into the same look, and all these very homogeneous experiences are out there. You know, that's that's a I, I look at that the wrong way to look at design in many ways but, you know, there's a massive amount of opportunity out there that can still be explored, but we do all have to contend with the business aspects of it as well. So that's, you know, those might very well be the problems. Right? Yeah.
1: You were saying something about optimism a minute ago that reminded me of something that I've shared with, I think, my closest friends through the years, and it's the, that the entrepreneur... Doesn't have the luxury of being a pessimist?
0: No. 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 You
1: don't. Not so we want
6: to stay in business. <laughs> <laughs> so where... I mean, that's what's implied. <laughs> <laughs> I go, well, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. In other words, the entrepreneur the <laughs> it is a pessimist does not an entrepreneur for very long. Yeah.
0: <laughs> negativity <laughs> would break you down.
6: Did you ever have a moment where you had to like overcome that? I've had moments where I've been
0: genuinely scared. About um, spending 10 plus years creating debt for myself. You know? Yeah. And that's a, that's a pretty hard reality to look at. Like, wow, I've, I've worked all the way through my 20s, 90 hour weeks, and, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, and all, all the things that people say. But what is the sum of all this stuff? Great stories, great experiences, so on and so forth. But I'm not going to walk away from this effort with six-figure debt. Yeah, like that's yeah. scary. Which you is know? And that's, which that's happened to me. has not, yeah, not as it in happened happens, to me as right. in, and I'm leaving it, but where like you know, wow, we've been slower than I had ever expected, and I have a staff, and the feeling is like a bad gambler. S- staying at the craps table that's right, the image right. that like more stuck enemy. with me it's like am I that guy that can't leave the craps table Yes, and keeps rolling the dice yeah, right. and um, luckily uh, you know I've had some good roles in the past few years and things have gone pretty well mm-hmm. but um, yeah I mean but you have to you kind of have to believe in making good decisions and Putting your best efforts forward will take you through. Yeah, you know. But you know, sometimes you know, call it politics or call it you know relationships that you're not part of. Things that there are a lot of things that are out of your control. A lot. You know, here's the thing: you're gonna yeah. fail no matter
4: what. Yeah, are gonna like, fail. And much. that's the thing that I think that that's interesting about the the, the problem-solving aspect, especially on the marketing side. Mm-hmm. We're assuming that we know what the creative solution is going to be to help market it more and more and more, but you really don't. Mm-hmm. You, you have a decent idea, and you try with all your might to get it, but then right. you just have to roll it out and see what happens. Right, but
2: PJ, just because you don't win doesn't mean that you lose, like you, totally. what you were saying, right? So, I mean, something comes out of every creative process, Right, some sort of growth has to come out of it, whether you right. think about things in a different way or whether a relationship comes out of it that may not come to fruition till a few years down the road right. or something comes out of every experience, right? Yeah, but Lori,
6: I'll say like here, the assumption is, is that you can retain the entity long enough to make that investment worth it, right? Yes. Because I, I you could say, understand. I got this great relationship, but I didn't have the cash flow to make it past next year. That relationship doesn't pay off in time. Doesn't give you the return. So there are these like reality of. of,
4: But I'm talking about even just purely solving the marketing problem for the the brand that
0: it's for and what that does for the brand itself. You'll never know it as well as the marketing experts on their side. You'll never know it as well. Right. And
2: I think that as creatives, you help drive the marketing solutions and as marketers and clients, it, it, it goes both ways because I think that creatives challenge marketing folks to be to think out of the box in, in, a, in, a, in a, a richer way and maybe sometimes in ways that are unexpected right. and as clients, we have to be better clients. So, you know, I, I've walked into many, many environments, and I've inherited creative teams, and I've, I've seen, you know, I've just, it's a unique position and perspective, mm-hmm. but as a client, I've walked into in-house departments where they are a hot mess, and there is absolutely no infrastructure. It's difficult to be a good client and know that you've, you're, you're sitting on this mound of stuff that you have to get done and sometimes you need people to come in and say okay this is where we start we got to strip it down to the studs and i need a creative a great creative house Mm -hmm. to help me build it back up it's the one thing that drove me to the brand consulting side is that i want to make the client side better so that agencies can be creative and and create better direction with better strategies and and better branding briefs and brand mm-hmm. discovery first. Before you call your agency to solve it for you, right. you have to know who you are. Absolutely. And that's what I you know, I preach and preach to my teams, lot of like, like know your current brands. And so unless you've walked through a brand discovery and you really know who you are, who you're not, how, you know, your brand assets, you can't possibly give agencies good creative direction. Mm-hmm. So, so
6: give me yeah. a, all, we have, I almost feel like we have the entire pipeline in, in the room right here. Give me an ideal project from beginning to end, how all this rolls out properly, where there isn't these challenges or flaws or putting people in the wrong position, like you say, Lori. like what, how would it, what would it look like if you, if you can, I'll start with you, Alberto, we'll start with, you know, the, the creative side saying, well, ideally it would work for me in a certain way, and then maybe from the marketing side to hear it, and to see, like, maybe there's actually a different understanding of Mm -hmm. what's expected.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, for us, generally, because for us this is our language, it's not, you know, it it is a lot less uh, effortful than it might seem on the outside. For us, I think, we just want to don't,
6: know... Don't tell them that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the process is laborious, and there's complexity to that, but the, the, the aim, right? So I think, from my standpoint, I, I, would, I love it when I'm in relationships, when people tell me, this is my aim. This is the result I want to obtain. Mm-hmm. As opposed to when people come to me and say, this is the vehicle. Right? This is a vehicle I want you to manifest because it will do a thing that we think is right. For us, what we want is, this is the emotional lever. This is the change I want you to manifest. If you come to me with that, I will say, this is how you do that, you know? We talk about Seven. You know why Seven is an amazing title? Seven is an amazing title because it does what a title sequence should do, which is takes an audience from one emotional state. We walked in the movie theater, we have some popcorn, my girlfriend, wife, husband, kids, everybody's next to me, I'm in a space, and takes them, funnels them to a completely different emotional state. It just moves you through a series of moments, visual moments, and at the end of that, you're, you're changed. Right? Wow. You start in a space and you end in a different space, and now the movie starts. And now I'm ready. I'm no longer the person I was, you know, three minutes ago. Now I'm a different person. I'm ready for this, right? Fight Club, Dual Oblongata, right? That whole piece does the exact same thing. It just starts with this abstract series of images and it puts a number of subliminal images you in your mind. And by the end, I'm ready for the story. I'm in the right place. That's what we do. We're emotional wranglers, Mm -hmm. right? The excitement for us is just changing emotion. Do you want that to be change behavior? We'll do that. We can do that. We can understand that. If you tell me, if you tell him, you say, I want people to go from this state to this state and be left with this sense of wanting to do this thing. We want to do that. We can do that. A few clients come to us with that. You,
6: you mentioned seven. Yes. That's really insightful, by the way. And you mentioned seven. I don't take away what seven did or what, you know, what it means to you guys. But being the person that was on the set, and in the room, and in the editorial, and dealing with IP and dealing with negative... We had no idea that we were going to Oh, do that, I know.
3: Right? I know. I mean, I and like the God
6: I mean, showed up and delivered a gift to the world. It doesn't have you know, to At the hands of
3: uh, mistakes and craziness
6: and insanity. It's irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it's irrelevant.
3: well, it's So I'm a, not
6: really sure that's the ideal job. See, half these gray hairs came from that. It's, it's, irrelevant. it's irrelevant. It's
3: irrelevant. The point is that like, we can look at it and say, well, it does what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Right? I don't care how you got there. Yeah. We, we don't get into the weeds of that yeah shit the stuff that we go through through yeah. a project sometimes you, you don't even want to be part of it yeah uh, there's a lot of thought and process that it's not all linear and just and in, 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 in clean there's a lot of emotion that goes into it there's a lot of headbutting I love a good argument in my team and encourage it and sometimes shit gets really irated Well I remember that okay, we're aiming into the direction right we yeah. know that somewhere in there there's a carrot and we're going for that carrot. And we know that whatever our process is is gonna get us there. And the point is that we're here to get a result. Yeah. At the beginning, right, I, I, tell, I look at myself at 27, I knew everything about design. I knew it all, I knew everything about design. Nobody could, could contribute a thing to me. It was all about form. There was zero understanding of function. But it was yeah. all about form. And my God, like, look back at some of the pieces I did then. They are gorgeous, yeah. beautiful. They did nothing for anybody, right? Yeah. Today I'm about function form for function right so it has to serve a purpose so i Mm -hmm. think that's that's my purpose
5: yeah tell me what
3: you want us tell us what you want us to do what does this thing have to do for you right and if we start there then we can contribute levers processes ideas then you go into your room and you come up with the next step so right. most yeah. creative and then come back briefs to us. don't
2: have. I mean, all the all of our creative briefs always said, "And what emotion do you want to evoke when you're done watching this, mm. whatever it is—promo, sizzle reel, what brand campaign? What do you want to evoke?" And that was always the biggest stumbling block.
0: Most important For, question. Yes, it is.
2: It is the most important question, but it's not included on a lot of briefs. It's not
0: hardly ever. Dude, how right? often do so you just get a good agency? That's the first question, in right? my ask. opinion, that we should ask. Yes.
2: Well,
4: yeah. yes. it gets into a funky it, it, thing too. The, the The brand needs to know who they are
5: yeah, to be able to able answer that
4: question. Because if, if they, you're, if you're right,
5: serious, yeah. right,
4: and you're telling me you want to suddenly be comedy, that's like. VW deciding they want to make a Ferrari. It's just their market isn't, that's not their market. What
5: I usually put on a brief is the challenge for you. I mean, you've seen, I think you have, you know, our challenge is da-da-da. The challenge for you, and we lay out things that we need Mm -hmm. your expertise or your creative energy to help us solve. So it's like, here's this whole education about us. There's this whole education about our audience. Mm. There's this whole education about why our audience engages with us, and this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to tell this overarching campaign that has all of these elements, but we don't want it to make you feel like a laundry list, blah blah blah. So there's all these tactics, but you know, what's our strategy for an right. overarching story? But you, you're absolutely right. What emotion do you want? Mm-hmm to be, what what is your outcome? What do you want this outcome to be? What is the emotion that you want your audience to feel?
6: Well, I, I, I wonder if it's de- deliverable, like you can put it on a list? Or my question would be, if they don't know, the marketers don't know, isn't it then your responsibility to
1: tell them? No, because uh, you can't tell somebody their why. You right. can't tell Volkswagen, exactly. here's your why. Yes, Yeah. exactly. You're, you're just guessing at that point. If,
5: if you get but into Volkswagen that scenario... Is, but Volkswagen is going to have an objective. We are trying to do this. And whatever that emotion... They want you to help them convey that emotion in a story or a the, creation. The, the, the the they want you to form that into some kind of emotion. The, the
3: solution you're describing is actually mostly the problem, right? So you yeah. get to a doctor mm-hmm. and you say, Doctor, it hurts right here. And the doctor looks at you and says, okay, well, let's just start thinking through it, right? But imagine you go to your doctor and say, Doctor, I think I have strep throat, or maybe not. Continue. And don't let your doctor look inside your throat. How's that relationship really sure gonna go? And so, this is a lot of times so, so it works market. right? marketing. That's
5: now. interesting. Could, you, right.
6: could yeah. you over-deliver? Could you, and they say they write no, something yeah. on a brief, and then could you actually you do be better here. than they've asked?
2: Yes. yes. I always say to people, "Here's here are your guardrails. This is what yeah. has to happen. This is what needs to be achieved. But the way it needs to be achieved go for it and and you know what and give me something that's not on the brief if you really want here's all the info yeah. if you want to think about the problem and by the way my internal creative team also wants to pitch this because they always feel like they're the bag and tag guys so they're also pitching it and they yeah. know the brand like inside and out but you know give me more you know get, make it make it better and and but the whole process is sort of this this communication flow, and I mean, seriously, that's why I broke up, because I want to help folks internally be able to walk through that brand discovery process so that you know what emotion, because if you walk through and you look at all the adjectives that your brand should be executing against, the emotion is there. It, It should be there. Now, how it comes to life, and how you, I mean, because let's say bold, Looks very different, yeah. and, and you could, it visually, bold can mean 20 different executions, right. so really defining that and peeling back the layers is why we want agencies to give more. So show me what bold looks like, and in, in, not in three different colors, but show me what yeah, bold right. looks like in three different ways.
4: There's companies that know their why, there's companies that don't. But there's also this in-between where there's companies that know their why, they're just not explaining it right in the right, creative brief. Exactly. exactly. And, <laughs> that's, and that's where we have to be kind um, of investigators. And, and, and,
5: yeah. and so if you have this sort of surface, sort of inadequate creative brief, I think a lot of people are looking. Just throw it back at them help me figure this out because this is what I do know. I don't know what I don't know. Exactly. And I'm looking for you to help exactly.
0: me build Look, that I, I, I think, think that it's, yeah. a, it's yeah. a two-way street. It's that's a conversation. A you know, and it's a relationship. And that's, I think, again, when it comes into this area of trust. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you asked, like, what is this ideal project? And I would say it's, it's about the ideal situation. It's... Give me what you know. Give me what you believe in. Express that to me in the best way that you can. And right. then us as creative vendors, creative partners, I think industry-wide need to grow up a little bit and be able to say, that's not a design problem. Let's talk about communication. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about you know brand pillars. Let's talk like Yes, that is
5: such a great point.
0: It's like, yeah. I, I feel it's, like... You know, everybody on the – and and I'm putting this in in binary terms, but on the client side um, suffers from working with businesses that are run by people who are not realists about running a business and solving problems. And we are romantics and we're optimists, but we need to be able to say, like, look, level with them and say this is not our problem to solve. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about going beyond design and getting into communication, getting into real branding issues and be able to reflect some of that back on Mm -hmm. to the clients that we have and the relationships that we have. So, you know, the answer for me is really just a situational trust where you can do that and people aren't afraid. People aren't afraid to lose their jobs or to lose face.
5: Or lose the assignment.
0: Or lose the assignment. The, there's, Absolutely. Yeah. There's a giant disconnect. No, none of the creatives are trained for that. Right? No, it, at all. it's true. But Nine I miles. think that when you... this, We have 40 years of experience between the three of us. We're trained for that. You're it's, welcome. Yeah. It, yeah, it's time for us, I think, as creative entrepreneurs, to step to into a more mature yeah. space. Yeah. Yes. And to be able to stand up for ourselves and say, we're not going to solve your brand philosophy problem by putting pen to paper in a design center. My finish is this, is the problems you described of rent, payroll, overhead for small design companies. You have this massive pressure on you and you're afraid on your side
6: to say your brief is inadequate. Mm -hmm.
2: Why? Why are you afraid? Because you're afraid of losing, losing the
6: job. you, lose you Actually, look- need cash flow. <laughs> can I? Can I just? And just you need to overcome that.
2: Back, it,
6: you, need to
0: over- you need There's to overcome. There's a reason it.
2: why you've been asked to be in the room. Right. Right. So no. because you've crossed the threshold to yeah. be in the room, it is almost like permission to have an open dialogue because you've you've made it into Almost. The room. Almost. But
0: I wish. people on the other side, you're putting yourselves in their shoes and saying. I don't know who's in the room. I don't know who's yeah, going to be listening for, to this right. conversation. And I don't want to make you look stupid. Or like you're not doing your job right. So it's you have to be extremely tactful. Sure. And my, my finish is this. I have probably 70% of my clients I have great trust with. And I can say that to them. And I can say, hey, like we're laughing about it. Like you guys know this yeah. isn't enough for us to go off. Of. Like, so I'm going to ask you this this, and this very pointed question and get back to me. But with new clients and with high stakes, you don't have that level of conversation many times or the ability to have that level of conversation. And, you know, I would like to lose fear on the agency side and be able to say those things and ask those pointed questions and say your brief brief is inadequate. And I would like the client side to not have the fear of, you know, looking inadequate or, or mm-hmm. you know, losing face um, to answer those
6: questions. And you also and can't and make a statement, Josh, because you are you have many years' experience and you know it, some of the three years in the industry that tells these ladies, your stuff is inadequate, you can't they do don't that. even know what they're no, talking they don't about. know what they're they talking about. They have no... You have, have to know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. So
2: you're saying you don't ask because it's a matter of respect for the room? No,
0: I'm just saying <laughs> there's a lot of tact involved in my ideal situation is yes. an open dialogue. Dialogues. That's
6: That's so, a, so that, that was really excellent, by the way. Yeah. How about this side? What's your ideal project look like that would stack up to hand over to an agency?
2: The the process that that we would go through was very very deliberate. We know what the issues are. We know that we're gonna you know call five agencies to come in to do an RFP. Three of them are gonna come back with you know the most amazing responses. You know, three or four are gonna end up in the room. The ideal process for me is that that myself and my team really think through and have had brainstorming sessions beforehand to create a strategic branding brief that gets stapled to the creative brief. They are not one in the same because the branding brief informs you of who the brand is what your current you know problems are, challenges are, issues to be managed, however you want to slice the word, it's it's a it's a it's a hurdle that that needs to be jumped over or crawled through. And the process is that we are buttoned up and that my creative people or whoever's writing the brief knows as much about the brand as the marketing people do and my goal is to make our agencies, extensions of our team. It's not to 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 have a one-shot sally and then it's over. Um, so my ideal situation would be everybody's buttoned up. We know what the situation is at hand. We give very very clear direction. But on the back end of it, the communication has to be there. So if there's something missing, that's not in you know the 17 pages of things that we've just delivered, and um, and all the history and everything else, what? We need to have an open dialogue before you come in and pitch again. And I don't care if it's 10 conversations. It's, you can't possibly give me what I want or what I'm going to be, or what I need if you don't have all of the, all of the information. Sometimes there are these big, huge, ambiguous things that are left on the table and that's where... You know creative solutions come into play it could look like this but guess what we kind of went off your brief and we thought about it in this way and sometimes those are the best aha moments. We call it the wild
4: card. Yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> we, we literally do, yeah. we, do, we do it we do it exactly like that because we do what's asked for, and then we do the wild card. Yes. I guess what we'll gets picked up four out of five times? See, and this, that's the wild card. But guess yeah. what? Yeah. And that's sometimes what we clients for. don't
2: know what they want, no. and that's why the briefs are written so shitty. Yeah. You know, because they really don't really understand what the problems so, are. So even if
4: it's written well, sometimes there's just. So, so sometimes it can be too much
5: information. So, so it sounds yeah, like a little bit to, in
6: your yeah. end of the situation. There's an ability because they're extension that they can read your mind. They no, know from not all of what they've done. that they can read not my know. mind.
2: Now that they can read my mind. But if you're an extension of my team, I have to do my job to inform you. It's almost yeah. like you work there. You know everything about my my current situation, just as if you came into work every single day. And I would even say that sometimes media agencies, we would. Open up an empty office for them, they would live in our office for two to three days out of the week so that they really understood the nuances and the ins and the outs of the Mm, brand. The creative agencies don't have that same luxury, but if they wanted to, they could move into an
6: office. So So you're totally open for dialogue. Completely. If they got something that they didn't understand, they could call you and say, I actually don't understand this brief. Can you go over with me? 100%.
2: Interesting. And And we don't just deliver the brief. Yeah. So it's about making your agencies the best possible agency so that you can be a good client on the reciprocating end of it. Yeah. So when we deliver a creative brief, there's a meeting, to have a meeting, to talk about the creative brief. And we're going to sit and we're going to explain really in detail what, what all these issues are and we're going to lay it out. And then you guys can go back and absorb it and, and, and you know, dissect it and sleep on it and then call me 500 times in the next week if you need to. Because maybe if I had it figured out, I would just give it to my own internal agency, my own internal yeah, team and say, yeah. you know, execute this, 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 and this, and I'll help you write the script and off you go. Yeah. But you hire agencies to think differently, yeah. to help yeah. you kind of approach things from the left side instead of the right side.
6: What do you think, Katia? Yeah.
2: Well, I, I, you know, really go deep
5: with brief. I have audience information. I mean. I'm lucky to be a part of a brand group that we, we we're very clearly defined. But we're our challenge is how do we evolve our story and tell our story even stronger in the marketplace that, you know, a lot of times people have a very sort of um, sense of what scripts is about. It's like, Oh yeah, I know who you are or you're a little, you know, you're great and you're nice and you're not very you're you know, I I know what to expect from you. So we really try to continue to elevate our creativity. We really have a great, you know, audience story about the the consumers who connect with us. So our challenge is how do we elevate our storytelling in a way that gives us some, you know, nuanced creativity, something that sets us apart in a marketplace, something that gives us a a new energy and new dynamic. So we do have a really detailed brief with some really great insights from our research team about our audience and why our audience loves us, our content, our, the challenge that we're trying to solve for this particular cycle of storytelling. And we storytelling, and, and to your point about, here's a brief, we have a meeting about it, you know, there's a deadline for a set of mm-hmm. ideas, but, you know, and we set up a timetable in between that you get the brief and, you know, like, let's have a meeting, after you've absorbed it in another week and a half to see if you have any other questions as you're thinking about exactly. how to come up with an idea. We can get on a phone, answer a lot of questions, bring some new nuances that you may be thinking that's missing that we didn't think about or we perhaps didn't answer. And it also shows us how you're thinking about us. And if you really read through the brief and kind of getting, <laughs> getting us a nuance, I mean we we're writing a seven-page brief and quite frankly, I've I've been a, you know with an agency I don't work with them anymore that really didn't read the brief at all mm-hmm. and came back with something totally different happens all that the time. wasn't what we asked for and it it's like right a lot of times I think, well per the brief you're not that uh, telling wasn't in it and that, was to it. My point and of that that's another website. part of it.
1: Yeah. Let me ask you so, this question: I'm going to be the contrarian here because mm-hmm. when I hear seven-page brief, I think. Where's the intuition? Where's the spark? Because that sounds like analysis, dissection, and uh, time, and well, over-inspection. But it is, but, so, but, but, but Let me ask, let me ask okay, a deeper, a deeper okay. question that maybe you might sum it up. Okay. I'm thinking of the creative brief for the iPod. So if you guys know the story, people, some journalists ask Steve Jobs, hey, what was the market research you did on the, did on the iPod to come up with that you know, game-changing thing? and he said we didn't do any market research we thought it would be really cool and we went and made it so my question is where is the room for that but How there was
5: something changing. but there was something in his head he just didn't put it on paper. There was something that was detailed for right. him, and he had an a, idea. There was a certain lightning he in the bottle. Or right. Plus, he already had his head. He doesn't even know about he it. it. <laughs> he, probably had, he probably already had a picture of what that was. Uh, you know I mean, what I mean? So yeah, there, there was magic. a brief, but the brief was...
3: Yeah, but it's, well, it's not magic.
1: If on you the market. Were, If you had a female brand, like I know when I ran my agency, we never pitched we, because we were a bunch of dudes. I'm just asking the question: can, Could you would you hire a bunch of men to advertise your uh, pregnancy product?
2: Yes. Yeah. Do you want to know why? Yeah. Because. I was, a, I was a woman that had no kids, but I was doing kids' marketing. I'm a woman who, who promoted football, who's, who couldn't yeah. throw a spiral to save yeah. my life. I was a woman you know who promoted the UFC, <laughs> who couldn't, I couldn't throw around. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Know your audience, know who you're marketing to, know where the emotional you know touch points are, and know the brand. Right. Know right. your current so brand. I worked, on, worked, head, but you really, I worked on a history channel, channel. I worked on history channel.
5: Where the audience was eighty percent men, and they they didn't reach women pretty much, and it was like, how do you get men
1: well, you're just one of the to 20, love you're that, the whatever?
5: So it was about this sort of passion for something that was, yeah, I mean, you know, so is that insightful what I told you guys
4: know? Like, is this it?
6: it is, just is like, is, like, is there I something there should that should you've not heard before, or there there's some kind of insight into what's possible, or? I mean, I think everything, every job is different.
0: It's all
2: different. It's all
6: different. <laughs> and
0: I, I think, again, it goes back to this like, sense of optimism. Like, yes, I think we need to, as creative you know, in, in enablers and creative producers, we need to be able to like, reflect back on our clients and ask the hard questions mm-hmm. and have those conversations. And frankly, that's really my job now. It's not pushing pixels around. It's having conversations about, yeah, but it's, that's really, it's like therapy. It's, it's kind of fun too. And it's like, embrace the, um, embrace the strategy, embrace the emotional marketing context that you're looking to reach, embrace the philosophy of, of it all and have great conversations Mm -hmm. and then allow that to inform your team and your creative process and do the best work that you can within, what your clients are looking for, and have those conversations, and it's fun, it's interesting. Embrace that.
2: But the aha moment, I think, that just came out of all of this for me, from both sides, is I think the clients have to give their agencies permission yeah. to say, you know what? Here's the deal, guys. If there's something that you don't see, please ask. Because yeah. if you don't ask, it's like walking into an interview and not asking any questions. You know, and and, and it gives the wrong impression if because creativity means you're inquisitive, right? You, you want to peel back layers, but if there's no questions, then where's the inquisitive part of the that's process? Right. And I think that's where the disconnect and the and breakdown be happens because the fear comes in about say, losing this it. This is not a
0: design problem. That's
2: right. I, I, we yeah. need
0: to talk more about this. We need to yeah. be confident and mature enough to do that. And yes. like, you know, I started my business when I was 25 years old and I wasn't those things. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and to... to a long time to get there, to get to the point where I could feel like I can reflect back on my clients. Because
5: I wanted to circle That's back smart. on that, what you said, because, you know, you, you know, a client may say I have this, but they may not realize you don't have a brand pillar, you don't have... So looking to it. you to say, oh, my God, I mean, think about that. That's so you're some, giving them some cool. insight.
6: That's I
2: would hire I would that's yeah. fire your head of Every marketing thing. if you had <laughs> <no, laughs>
6: right? But kind of like you, you know, said at the have, beginning, not everyone is trained for the
4: for job. For there are two with younger they, creatives to not feel like they have permission to ask those questions or somehow need permission to, and that's kind of a problem. Right. You don't but need permission. You can ask and be told know and you're not a failure but young creatives get into this thing where they don't speak up or don't yeah. think they can
2: but that's yeah. emotional intelligence <laughs> it is
4: right yeah. and
2: and i don't know that what do they say your cerebral core is not fully you know developed until you're 22 i i don't you know i don't know and and i think that comes from experience but that it comes com- from being in a room and getting exposure to a larger room to be able to read rooms and to be able to you know, know when's the right time to speak up and when, you know, do you pull back. And that's only by having a good creative mentor at the top to say, right. all right, I'm going to give you exposure. You're going to come to this pitch, but today you're just going to listen. Yes. And I want you to watch, you know, pay attention to the room and then, you know, when we come out of it, tell me what happened in that room from your perspective it's it's an interesting dance it that, is you and know to and mentor you can, people you can it see is a lot of the really successful yeah.
4: studios especially the really young ones have caught that really early on mm-hmm. and it's not easy and it takes a you right. kind of just have to have it when you're that young but i, I can yeah. second name multiple studios where like the owners even at 25 or 23 were have that mixture of being really bold to ask questions. The kind of courage to just not really give a shit and do yeah. something awesome, and but also we're super attentive, and it's the rest of us figure that out when we're ten or fifteen years into it. It's, well, it's, it uh, takes
0: time, and you know, I do have a question on the on
4: the client side. How do you even know if it's successful or not
5: after it's completed? Like, like when we oh, I mean, that's a great question. You know, a lot of times when you're you have something in your head, you're you, you're You're looking for, you know, a great creative to help you bring that to fruition and help you think about it deeper and, you know, uh, you know, wider than you thought that that's possible. or what's a great story that takes us to a next level? And I guess the success is if you're just blown away and your your bosses are blown away, and your team is blown away, and there's like, oh my God, this is the best thing. I mean, that that's that's happened for us. Yeah. Where it's just, it's it did the job and even more. It but is just, it always going
6: to be a touchdown, or can it just be a first down? Um. Or just just a yard gain, you <laughs>
5: Yeah, I mean, I guess you are looking for the touchdown. Do you know what I mean? And always and, yeah. always, and before boy. you know, and you're if you're not quite there for the touchdown, you're hoping that you know within the window that you have to have the deadline that that touchdown is still possible. Right. So you're working with the agency to fine tune to. You know, like ah, oh, it's What do you think? It? You know, blah blah blah. I mean, you're you're always looking for the touchdown.
6: But don't you think that you also try to deliver that every time in a way that idea of success is? Yeah, of course you want it. I mean, that's. I mean, that's why. Why are we even
4: talking about a film title sequence from 25 years ago? I mean, that's not even related to the industry. I think what it's the same thing as to why we do what we do for you guys. Right. If it's
0: so beautiful
4: and and. So aha, uh-huh. it that it got all of us to pick up a start a career like that's what we're after even for yeah. the projects we do for you guys that's we, you, you know that like holy shit moment and that's, that's right that's that's, that's brief and
5: beyond I mean it yeah just sorta, yeah and it's
4: interesting back to the creative brief thing that you know I think what they do more even the, sh- the crappy ones it kind of just warms you up to get into the flow to either solve the problem or have that aha moment, but you won't have that warm up unless you have that creative Unless person. you
5: have the foundation.
4: Because we, you know, we're coming to it colder than, than we're, I mean, it's almost like acting a little bit. You kind of have to learn the role to be able to be in the zone to do, you know, walking Phoenix
3: and Gladiator or something. Like. Sometimes we come to the same problem for two completely different positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for you guys, you're thinking, hey, this is one of a hundred things I had to put into place. It's got to be in the place, in and out, mm-hmm. no problem. For us, that's an opportunity to make something amazing every single time. It never changes. That's just what motivated us. For us, it's 100%. We're 100% invested in, right? Mm-hmm. So recently, advertising agency comes to us, comes with a brief. They have a brief. They have a clear understanding of what they want to do. We come in we question the brief. We say, look, we don't think that your brief is correct. We think that you are misinterpreting the need of your client. They say shut the fuck up, do what we told you, right? Of course, not in the term, but in the sense of like, look, we did the This is the thing, just stay with it, do it. We do it. The client comes back later and says, this is not what we wanted. Then they come back to us, and now they're trying to make this thing work, right? Now, to their credit, they come back later and say, okay, you guys were right, which is really rare. We don't want to be right. We want to help you solve the problem. Exactly. So you have to... All, I come I from every single creative problem I come to, to my team to. I come from a position that I have an inkling that I might be wrong. And I always tell everybody, question me, right? Challenge me. Let's just make let's make sure that I'm just not on a tangent, right? So you have – that's the trust. It's a, it's a meta. It's not just like, hey, here's your two-degree latitude. Move it in this two-degree. We, we give us the best you can do within this two degrees. You have to help us question – then maybe the premises that you've given us might be wrong. Because a counselor is an external person that comes to you and says, these things There are unintelligible to you, for an external person, they're pretty clear, right? We are the external person, we're the counselor. For us, sometimes we see things that you don't see. So again, just help us not just ask the questions of like, can we just move an extra degree? But it's like, I mean, is your premise correct? Mm-hmm. You're trying to operate a certain change. We might see something that you don't see purely because it is nothing to us. For us, it's just a design problem.
5: So you're
6: asking peers. them to be bold in their response. That's right. Well, I, I, I
2: have, have to say the that part. Part.
5: I think yeah, the best right. response that I've gotten from an agency was when I've given them this seven-page brief or whatever. They've had a week to go through it, and they come back with their own brief. that says, this is what I've heard from you. This is what I see that you're trying to solve. And they bring some other insights right. that that brief, whatever. So they. So to right. your point about you are looking at the structure of what we're trying to solve. I'm sorry, I keep going to that yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, but it is. It but is. It is. then the you're you're showing me that, okay, this is what I hear that you're and then you're putting your own insights into that that to me is that great partnership. Mm-hmm. Because so look, then you've taken my it's the thinking foundation and you've built on that because you're telling me that you heard me, but then you're telling me you know, some things that, you know, that you're building on based on that. It's a real or what you're saying is, to your point of like, I'm not sure if the brief's inadequate, is, is adequate, but you're, you're building on like, this is what I believe is missing. Right, right. I'm still taking what you see as your challenge, but I'm building at and showing you some things that could even be right. a more a substantial win for you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So right. what, are, what are that
5: to me is a great part. That so my real question great. is to
6: tell you of these three companies, which one are you going to hire next? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Everybody. <laughs> no, and, and I would say like uh, this conversation. It's, it's really interesting, but I feel like we're all kind of on the same page. Here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's we, not like course. you know two sides of a coin. It's really kind of like we're all facilitating. What, we're all facilitating collaboration, and we're talking about really extending that idea yeah. right and right. and having an open dialogue and i think that you have enough experience around here to know that without that dialogue we yeah. could do great right. beautiful things but solve the wrong challenges yeah. and you know and then it becomes aimless you know mm-hmm. and then it, yeah. and then it doesn't Make right. our next day go okay, yeah. and and that's really that what year. it's about. It's it's yeah. not just like it's
6: loving what you do. It's
0: right. loving what you do. Yeah. It's not necessarily about expressing your personal views. It's about kind of solving these things and doing it in a way that's really satisfactory and really kind of helps everybody who trusts you. Yeah, yeah. your staff, your clients, right. and that all coming together to create great content. Yeah. So, like that's I, I think that's what we're all here for. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all on the same page here, but like, I hope, you know, I, I do think that question earlier was interesting, the five years into it, what would you tell yourself? And I would ask them to kind of listen to this conversation because yeah. I, I, I honestly think we're all kind of... But there's something to It's because it, I think there's this tendency as we get older
4: as business owners to then really overanalyze it and there is something sometimes to be sometimes
5: you gotta let it rip that's, <laughs> exactly right? that's
4: exa- I was just gonna say exactly <laughs> that
1: this, this right. seems
5: to be and Pro Max. This
1: yeah, exactly. That's what it is. You just Pro Max, so just, Pro Max for every session. There needs that's to be an
5: audience down
1: there. But that's exactly I love sometimes you shouldn't have so to talk like about that. that intuition. So cool. Like sometimes you just have to
5: right. do
1: that thing that you feel right. it. You're like, I gotta go for this. That's
0: why you gotta hire people much younger than you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and give them yeah. some yeah. cartel.
4: But still, if you do, that's exactly it. You just have to you, if you if they're kinda like the, the young ones are like Uzis. you just kinda have to point them They're not actors. Yeah, but but the shock at all. So my well, is so structured now,
0: it's like so
2: architectural. Brain, younger, that, that is it. it. fearlessness yeah. and yeah. that risk taking. But what it's happens to fear is, I think on the corporate side, that fearless kind of mentality gets you up that ladder really quickly because you're full of great ideas and energy and you get recognized and noticed because you have a voice in the room. And then you get to a certain point yeah. and you're like, holy shit, I better duck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. because you start, that same, that same million enthusiasm million
5: measure, measure, then, yeah. Yeah.
2: You, have, then, then you have to learn how to play politics right. and managers. on the creative side it's yeah. that that flip moment is when you're a creative and you love to do what you love to do, and you're creative, and they're the suits, yeah, yeah. And, and then all of a sudden you're the creative in the suit because now you own the business, mm-hmm. and you it's kind of comfort, wake comfort, up comfort. in the morning. The maintain,
3: maintain, you just,
6: maintain,
5: you step yeah. over to the other side. Yeah. I it's, uh, it's uh, like uh, to exactly, say and
6: eventually the pirates have to become the navy. That's exactly that was on. That's a great.
5: That's <laughs> awesome. pretty good. That's, <laughs> good. So, that's so true. That's so memorable. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a good point.
1: Well, as we to maintain that pioneering. As we motion, as we through. age, yeah. I think we shift but from, I it. from promotion to right, exactly. yeah. preservation. That's
5: yeah. Right. yeah. Well, there's right. just yeah.
4: more. We've gained a lot. We mm-hmm. leverage a lot. And no honestly, it just gets more complicated because then you're not on the then you're the boss.
6: Well, and honestly, <laughs> we slow down on purpose too. We actually don't have to work as hard because we can work smarter. But that creates blind spots. That's just it that's does. just the process of maturing in life and in career. But what I love what Josh is saying or you keep picking up on is, but if you are looking at the perspective correctly, then you've gained the opportunity to speak in the room. And that's where you want someone to say, if you've gained all of that over all that time, speak up yeah. because then you, what you've invested in actually pays off to, to spend all those years and all the time and then to be quiet in the room, to not contribute and not ask that's and fair. not consult and not, not, you know, um, Share and build. Your- but I, I
0: have a feeling that a lot of smaller creative creative agencies are afraid to do that. Yeah, uh, and are afraid well, to well, challenge yeah. their clients and potential clients in a way that's effective. And I think that's a symptom of boutique creative agencies in general not being mature enough as businesses. And I think that you know it's it, it's kind of an issue with creatives starting their own businesses as artists and it being this really personal endeavor mm-hmm. and not being able to see beyond that mm-hmm. being really talented being really capable but again not being able to see kind of beyond their own yeah. artistic uh, sensitivities and, um, and be able to as a business person reach out to the other side of the table and say, let's figure this out. And
6: Joel and I have a new perspective on that specifically, because there are young people that reach out to us and ask us specific questions about their business, and we give them answers, and they're not responsive. We we absolutely know how to solve the problems. We know what it takes to put things in place, and we can tell them, and then they want to believe something else. And it's just not time. The time isn't there yet. It will come. We believe it. We know it. But you know that that responsive nature is what has to eventually be there. You can trust that the things that like security and comfort and understanding is possible while also conquering the world and and taking over. I
0: I would also say this, and and maybe this is coming from like a bit of a blue collar background. and, (laughs) And also I've, you know, when people talk to me about what experiences prepared you for owning your own business, many times I say being a bartender working at restaurants and waiting tables and taking care of people, hosting people. Taking care of people is really of such a big part of what we do. Um, and when you're sensitive to what it is to take care of clients, there's a imbalance that can happen where you, and I'm just going to say this oh, yeah. couch,
1: <laughs> as, as clients,
5: <laughs> this side of the You room. guys, on
0: all practical <laughs> levels, are, are writing the checks. And on a conversation and a creative exchange level, that definitely puts you in a certain position and it puts us at a certain position. And the best work is done when it's even. Mm -hmm. When we're as an agency allowed to, or able to overcome that in a sense and get a level playing field as individuals and be able to have a dialogue that feels equal. And it becomes no longer, I'm your servant as a creative or I'm your vendor as a creative. I am
6: your partner as an equal. I think this has been an amazing conversation. And I would love to wrap it up kind of on that note. I think that the collaboration that you guys already put into this conversation in this room is very insightful. Um, I think there's some aha moments just for me as a listener. And hopefully there's been some for you guys as well. Uh, this was just an experiment. We wanted to see if we put We're all some, some with chemistry in well, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I was expecting yeah. a, a little a more Jerry
6: Springer, but it didn't really show that. Well, I, I was almost going to take it there.
1: So <laughs> thank you all for yeah. being part of this. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah.
6: Yeah.